hi and welcome to another episode of the Emma Gunn Show and another instalment of Bullet Points. This is our midweek catch up and a chance to share a little bit with you about what's going on behind the scenes of the podcast. Well, behind the scenes of the Emma Gunn Show this week is, <laughs> it's really exciting, I did my first podcast recording in over two years where I travelled out with my portable podcasting kit and recorded an episode with someone face to face. Now, you may remember that back in February, I recorded in a studio with uh, Terry Barber and for Mac, which was an excellent podcast all about uh, the LGBTQIA plus community and how to be an ally. But this was different for this. I had to pack my little suitcase with all the tech and all the leads and all the equipment that I need in order to record a podcast with someone. I went to somebody and I set up in front of them. And the whole time I was convinced that I'd forgotten a vital lead or that I hadn't put batteries or backup batteries in the bag, even though I had just put new batteries in everything because I was I couldn't sleep and I just kept waking up and checking everything the night before. But I think that's probably normal after a long break. So the way that this always used to work pre-pandemic, because I'm sure you are aware that uh, before the pandemic I would go to people, but since then I've been doing most of my podcasts on Zoom. But I have a little case, a tech case. From a, it's a brilliant brand called Nomo. If you don't know it, they are excellent for tech luggage. And I put all of my things in there. It's a little wheelie case and I run about town with it. And it had been in my wardrobe for over two years. It was quite the moment actually, getting it out, dusting it off, um, putting everything, unpacking it, repacking it. It was lovely. Anyway, it was a pretty special interview too because my first face-to-face podcast back in the real world, if you like, was with the actress Kristen Bell. And Kristen's career is actually phenomenal and incredible. She has done so much and her choices, her films, her shows, everything is so varied. So you might know her as Veronica Mars, Anna from Frozen, Sarah Marshall from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. She was the voice of Gossip Girl in the original series. I know they're rebooting it right now. It seems very quick to reboot it, but it probably maybe needs one. Anyway, she played Eleanor in The Good Place. She was in the Bad Moms films. She was in an excellent film called Safety Not Guaranteed and was also in Heroes. And look, I told you her career was impressive. I'm just giving you the tip of the iceberg. That, that's not even, that's not the half of it, trust me. Oh, and House of Lies. How could I forget House of Lies? That is such a brilliant show. But she's also, she does incredible charity work. In fact, her charity work is prolific. She is constantly supporting good causes. And it's quite common to have Hollywood people supporting good causes, but this is legit. Uh, I've watched her, in my research, I watched quite a few interviews and listened to her talk about a few things, and I just thought, you just can't fake that, the depth of knowledge that she has about everything. It's definitely not surface. She really, really cares. But I think for me, just outside of podcasting, just me as Emma, the thing that I've always really appreciated so much about Kristen was the way that she speaks about mental health. So a few years ago, when I was really struggling, it would be interviews with people like Kristen. In fact, I used to search for Kristen's interviews because she talks so openly about her own issues with depression and anxiety. And it's so important because in doing so, given the profile that she has, she really does help remove the stigma for other people out there who are having similar struggles and might not and may feel embarrassed about struggling with their mental health, feeling depressed, feeling anxious. So I'll actually I'll put the link to one of her interviews in the show notes because it was really brilliant how she articulates it and actually I quote one of the things that she says back to her in the show and she you'll you'll hear it's so beautiful the way that she explains things and uh, we talk about so we actually get into that as well but the reason I was speaking to Kristen on her trip to London was because the kids company she founded with her husband Dax Shepard 
It's called Hello Bello and it has been hugely successful in the US and it's reached our shores here in the UK. So Hello Bello is premium baby and children products at premium price, at non-premium prices. So premium quality ingredients, premium products at non-premium prices. They're plant-based, they're environmentally friendly, they're affordable, they're accessible to everyone. And that was clearly so important to her. And she tells the story of Hello Bello in this episode and it's an excellent one. So I'll let her get into that. But I'm sure if you've just heard me say she founded it with her husband, Dax Shepard, I'm sure some of you will think, hmm, yes, Dax was there on the day, but he wasn't able to appear on the show. But I know lots of you are huge podcast fans. Mine is just one of many podcasts that you listen to. Thank you. And I know that lots of you listen to Armchair Expert because whenever we've had the same guests on, you've messaged me and said, oh, I listened to your podcast and or I heard uh, Dax had so-and-so on and then I wondered if you would and you did. And I really So it was really wonderful actually to take the opportunity to chat to him about podcasting and some of the people that we've spoken to in common because podcasters don't hang out. <laughs> it's not like magazines or, or YouTubers or anyone else where you get invited to the same events and you network. There's not really a heck of a lot of networking in podcasting. I know a handful of podcasters. So suffice it to say, it was actually a real treat to speak to someone who is creating a show. And obviously he has a huge amount of success with his podcast. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. Um, but it was just nice to kind of have a bit of a geek out. But obviously the main attraction on the day was Kristen. So shall we get into it? So Hello Bello is the brand and it's available in Walmart in the US. I know that lots of listeners are based in the USA. So for you guys, if you haven't already discovered it, head over to your nearest Walmart. And in the UK, head down to Asda. The price starts at £1.60 and most products actually fall under £10, which is so reasonable. I had a play with the products. When I say a play with the products, I mean the oils, the shampoos, the body washes, all those sorts of things, not the nappies. I wasn't able to really road test those. But uh, I sniffed the scents. I had a really good play with them. You know that that's my background in beauty. So I can tell a good, I would like to think that after all these years, I can tell uh, whether something's worth it uh, from that sort of playing with it test. And it was indeed, all of it was very pleasing. I really, really enjoyed using it. So during our conversation, Kristen talks about the feeling that started the brand, why accessibility was so important to her, the things that she has put in place that are non-negotiables that she's incredibly proud of, how they want to keep that startup mentality, even though the brand is growing at such a huge pace and how they have added more and more products to the range in order to cater to all of the needs, not just for babies, but for small children and also mums and dads. So we also discuss mental health. I couldn't sit in front of Kristen and not ask her about that. And she was very gracious and very open. Uh, we talked about how to cope when people don't like you because it's going to happen. And if you're the sort of person, as I am, that when you know it's happening or has happened, it breaks you a little bit. We talk about that because we have that in common. We uh, talk about the best advice she ever received from one share, not not someone called share, but actual share. And I also ask perhaps what is I'm not gonna lie the most indulgent question I've ever asked on this podcast but if you get it you will get why I did it that's what I'm gonna say so chatting hello bello mental health and so much more I'm delighted to be sharing my conversation with the excellent Kristen Bell on the Emma Gunn show 
Welcome to the podcast, Kristen Bell. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to get to talk to you because you have created Hello Bello, which is such a brilliant brand. And what we like to do on getting to know is really understand that first thought, that first feeling that got you thinking, I have to make this. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a feeling more than a thought. Um, When I got pregnant, uh, I obsessively research uh, materials, sustainability, ingredients, understand how they scientifically affect humans, particularly the littler humans with compromised immune systems or early immune systems. Or um, I was going into little boutiques in Los Angeles, uh, buying a ton of premium baby care products and never looking at the receipt because I am an obnoxiously overpaid actor. My husband and I both come from Detroit, Michigan, which is a very working class area. And it kind of occurred to us in this ironic way. We're like, wow, we're, we're spending all this money on our kid. And the reality is these products are not the, the ones I want are not affordable or really accessible to the people we know and love that are still living in the Midwest of the United States. And that's kind of the feeling we had was almost like, Whew, what are, what are we doing here? Why do we have the money to buy these things? And we ended up meeting some people that were really, really, really good in this space, Jay McGraw and Sean Kane, who we work with on Hello Bello. And they wanted to create a premium baby care company. There are a lot of people doing great work in the baby space, um, and I will insult none of them. But the intersection that I saw uh, that was missing was accessibility, affordability with premium ingredients and sustainability in mind when I say premium. So our focus and the ethos of the brand has always been that, has been make it affordable, make it accessible. How do people get it? Uh, I also have spent for many, many years working uh, with different um, charities in the U.S. that work like Baby to Baby or Good Plus that work with kids that are on or below the poverty line and understanding their needs. And one of the primary needs of their caregivers or mothers or fathers is uh, diapers. It is they are in a situation where I think it's currently one in four, the statistic changes sometimes one in three, one in five in the States where a caregiver or mother or father will have to wring out the diaper and dry it out for the next day because they genuinely every day when they go to the store have to choose between their baby and their budget. And I just find that unacceptable. So we wanted to create something. Dax likes to say that it's your mom's ingredients at your dad's prices. Um, we figured we could do it having no intention previously. This wasn't on our vision board to start a baby care company or any company for that matter. But if we leveraged ourselves and made ourselves forward facing in this company to talk about it, to, to advertise about it, we could start with an economy of scale that would allow for the price point we needed while still using the premium ingredients and taking into consideration sustainability. So we um, launched nationwide in the States at Walmart, which Walmarts are everywhere. A lot of um, people in the USA use, love, and need Walmart price points. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the end goal would be to make it global because there are working class people everywhere. And we want to take this decision, your baby or your budget, off your plate. And you know, here in the UK, there's a decision in place that will put will plunge another something like 1.4 million people below the poverty line. 
which is upcoming. So it's really pressing that these things are affordable. Hygiene poverty is such an issue. And I didn't even realize until a few years ago, my background is I'm a beauty journalist and friends of mine in the beauty industry set up uh, Beauty Banks, which is a charity that essentially makes sure that people have basic hygiene products like uh, tampons, moisturizer, shower gel, those sorts of things. See, this is such a crazy road because you could go, we could go so deep into this. Um, but like the, you know, tangentially, it, the tampons should not cost anything. They should not cost anything to take care of ourselves as women um, who maybe don't want to get pregnant every month. That shouldn't cost someone something. And I find that diapers are in that same category. If you're attempting to raise another human being, you mm-hmm. should have those basic needs met. So this, you know, the, the initial idea came out of like, wow, we're overpaid. We could do something really great here. And our love for, um, this product line has just grown and it's grown with our family. Now we're realizing our kids are a little older. Oh, they don't want the, the bottle um, of bubble bath to look the same as when they were a baby. Cause that's baby stuff. So we're like, what do our girls want? Well, can we, we say we never test on animals, but we always test on our kids. Um, and it's been really fun to also, it was really important as storytellers to create a community where every kind of diaper or lotions and potions commercial I had seen as a, as a new young mom gave me a tiny bit of sense of shame. They all seemed to be changing diapers in the clouds and none of them were stinky and they were all well rested. And I was like, what? What are they doing that I don't? Have? What are they? What do they got that I don't got? So we tried to make every bit of marketing and everything we show people about this brand is is irreverent and comedic and a safe place to ignore the shame and say, you know what, we're all getting through it together and we're gonna make you laugh and this community is a safe space. I think as well, um, I'm gonna try and find the the exact quote, but it was the fact that you are trying to get these two things as the price point, but there's also these ingredients that you feel supremely confident using on your little ones. And it's a case of going to the people that you're working with and saying, not can we do this? Like, how do we do this? How do we balance this? Well, I'm gonna be very blunt for a second. When you are the person that has to talk about this company publicly, it's very easy behind closed doors to say, here's what I'll talk about and here's what I won't. So we were very, at least I was, um, my husband, I think had more tact, but I was very honest when we went into, maybe I had a lot of young mama bear in me. We went with our business partners who I love. And I said, I'm going to be very clear. I don't need another paycheck. I don't. Um, I'm doing just fine. So if we can do it this way, if we can keep in mind sustainability and where we're sourcing things and how we're talking about this product and how we're making people feel who are a part of our community and the, the funness of Hello Bello, like, you know, the, the diaper patterns, like my, my husband was drawing a bunch of things he wanted to see on diapers. He wanted diapers and wrenches and race cars. Um, and I was able to kind of say that with authority behind closed doors. And this is what, these are the products I will promote. So anything beyond that just can't happen in mm-hmm. this company. And just for listeners benefit as well, when you say what you will and won't talk about, I think as well, I've heard you say, it isn't just about ingredients or about this. It's the entire supply chain. It's that if, if we've set this out here, mm-hmm. I don't want to be finding out that anything shady has gone on at any point. That's in this. exactly right. That's exactly right. So yeah, so even down to like, look, diapers, it's a touchy issue for environmentalists. I get it. But I was a person who 
I have the biggest dreams of composting everything I ever touch. And I started out with cloth nappies and um, had a service that picked them up and composted the insides and rewashed them and delivered them. And it was um, not possible for me to keep up with that. It was so difficult and it it wasn't, it just wasn't sustainable for my way of life. So I said, well, there's gotta be, uh, something that works for people. Um, that's not a nightmare to try and keep up with that is better for the environment and healthier for the kids. So like down to starting a diaper company or a baby care company at this point in science allowed us to figure out, oh, if we use a cylindrical, uh, a spherical sap inside the nappies, then that can create more absorbency. So we're allowed to use less of it, which is better for the environment. Like all those tiny things like that, that completed the, uh, supply chain and what what we're put, not just the ingredients, but, um, what we're buying and how much we're buying and how we're able to say that, yes, they are more sustainable and we are really happy with the product and that I would advertise it publicly. It, it makes me really happy. The choices that this company has made over the years. Was there any point during which you thought, I don't know if we can actually do it the way that we want to do it. How have you been able to get through any barriers that you've hit? Well, In keeping up with the science of ingredients, there hasn't really been any barriers. It's been, well, we have these ingredients to work with. We're not going to compromise. Um, What else is out there that will make this product have the consistency we want, the efficacy we want, and the sustainability that we want? And it was just a timetable thing. Because there are science journals that tell you what is safe to put near or on your baby. Like that's clear, right? We're not guessing there anymore. Um, And anything that was iffy, we just stayed away from. So it was really just, it was ratios. um, It was making sure that, you know, all the supply chain was on the up and up. So there weren't, there weren't that many barriers. It was just a timetable thing of like, well, let's take the time we need in the lab to create something that has a high level of efficacy that are super safe and premium ingredients. We've talked about the brand, but let's talk about the fact that it's... Am I right in saying it's over 200 SKUs now? Is it? Over 200 SKUs? I have to ask for... Because that's a lot of product. Not Not in the UK yet. Not in the UK yet. Um, But yes, there are... It wouldn't shock me if it was up to that number, although I don't think it's quite up to that. But we, like I said, we started out with diapers and what we call lotions and potions, bubble bath, um... Uh, shampoo and conditioner. And very shortly we turnkeyed um, the things that we felt we needed. Again, our household was the guinea pig household. So it was like my daughters wake up with dreadlocks every day. And so a hair detangler was like very high on my list. Um, Sunscreen, we live in California, was very high on my list. We were doing this based on our needs and then also, you know, seeing what people purchased. But bug spray, we are tormented by mosquitoes in the United States. So like a bug spray that was all sort of essential oils that didn't have anything nasty in it. Um, And then figuring out how to make them with premium ingredients. And now we've got bath bombs and we've got, you know, everything is sort of growing as our girls grow up. Which is very nice. And like, (laughs) yeah, well, like the idea of once they started eating solid foods, knowing, okay, there's some time they reject the broccoli. Okay, so how do we get it in a form that they're going to eat it? And, you know, talking to my pediatrician and saying like, is their diet okay? And she's like, look, if you have them on some sort of a vitamin, really, it doesn't matter that much. Like strive to make their... 
diet diverse and expose them to new foods for certain, but don't, you don't need to have a panic attack if your kid goes a week without eating something green. And so creating a a line of vitamins, we have a multivitamin, a prenatal vitamin, a hair, skin, and nails vitamin, a chlorophyll vitamin, um, all of these different ones that come in gummy form that are vegan and really fun to eat. In fact, the problem with the gummies now seems to just be that they do taste so much like candy that it's, you do have to kind of get yourself to be like, Oh shoot, I'm all, I, Three is the dose. Two is the dose. Okay, that's it. I'm done. And you have said about it's about being accessible. I feel looking at it, and actually I've had a chance today to see a lot of the product in the same place. It's very inclusive. It is very fun. It doesn't feel like that kind of uh, parenting where you where you feel like you need a membership or someone didn't tell you about the induction. It feels incredibly inclusive. And one of the things as well that you've done, as well as making it affordable and accessible price point wise, is it right that you gave away over a million, do you mind if I say nappies? Do it, say nappies. <laughs> I think I think the numbers were allowed to give away a million a year. And that was a contractually with our diaper manufacturer, our original diaper manufacturer out of Canada, um, because I said you know, having worked as an ambassador for a lot of these, um, organizations that help kids on or below the poverty line, I saw the need and I said, so we're going to have to build into this structure, the ability for us to gift people, because I know I'll have requests. Someone will contact me on social media after a natural disaster in the South and say, we have, um, a a place where families really, really need diaper. We need 20,000 of them nappies. We need 20,000 of them because hurricane, what have you has Mm -hmm. just hit. And that, was really, really important to me to be able to meet those needs because I knew we had the infrastructure to do so. Um, so yes, we have given away quite a few. We've also just, um, started something called the diaper fund, which is on our site at hellobello.com where it is essentially, do you have GoFundMe over here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a GoFundMe where you can put a profile up. If you are in need, you can create one for a friend if they are in need. If you are having trouble meeting the needs of your, uh, the direct needs of your kids at that moment in your life, you can put up what you need. People can buy them for you in your community because you can send it out to your friends and family. Or if you're anything like me and randomly browse GoFundMes and try to vet them late at night, um, you can look on our diaper fund and support anyone that you want. You can randomly sort of be an angel for anyone that you want. That's so nice. And is it also correct that in with COVID, you had a first responder emergency services uh, situation as well, You where you were giving them free diapers and also new and expectant parents just had to pay a dollar in shipping and they'd get a 35 pack of, of nappies yeah, to meeting, be like, hey, welcome. Meeting the needs that uh, come up so often has been really important to us as a smaller company that is now growing. we try to keep the scrappiness that a small company has in its ability to stay flexible. Um, so the fires in California were like right there ready to send, or like I said, any hurricane or when the pandemic hit, we made a commitment because we heard about the supply chain issues and how much prices would be going up. And when the media got hold of the fact that diaper prices would be going up, parents freaked out because it isn't, that's not something that can happen for their budget. So we made a commitment and said, we will incur the cost. We will figure out how to do this. Our prices will not be going up. And that came out of a conversation I had with our CEO where I was like, well, this is the time we're all going to eat it right now. We're going to eat it for our mission statement, you know, and this will build a customer base that is loyal to us because we're making the right decisions. Um, our word of mouth will be great. There's just, there's an infinite amount of reasons to do it 
that will be good. So I was able to convince the people on the business side of our company that it was the right decision. And we were able to hold strong. We also have a a military and first responder discount, which was really important to me to get up there. Um, And with the Ukraine situation, we've sent over 250,000 diapers and wipes. And we've created, we're trying to get to 500,000. So we've created something on our webpage that also allows people to donate. We just, um, as all of us are parents, and we know how hard it is for us who have support and help and um, the budget to buy what we need. And we know how hard it is. We can't imagine if more restraints were put on. So we want to make it as easy as possible for people. Talk to me about being on GoFundMe late at night, being an angel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Eyebrows GoFundMe. When I'm looking for some self-esteem, because I'm very well aware that self-esteem only comes from esteemable acts, you know, I'll search a GoFundMe and then I'll try to vet it and see if I can cross-reference anyone's social pages or their updates or their pictures. And fig- And sometimes I have, um, you know, my husband some- gets worried because he's like, you know, some of them maybe are not what they say they are. And I'm like, but I don't live that way. I don't look at the world like people are lying. If someone has a need, I'm an optimist. And I'm like, well, I could be a part of meeting your need. So sometimes I do send them to a friend and I'm like, does this look like it's real? Because if this person really needs this treatment or their, their dog does have cancer or their child needs eye surgery, like I want to just randomly bless people because I have been so blessed. And I know that sounds so like saccharine, but it's something that keeps me passionate. I like sharing. I'm a really good sharer. I'm a really good sharer. Um, so whether it's GoFundMe or we have a page, I don't know if you have it over here. It's called Donors Choose, which is for the school system where um, teachers can put their supply needs. We need, you know, seven cameras for our photography class. We can't afford it. We need beanbag chairs for our kids with special needs that can't sit in the hard chairs all day. We need, you know, they can and and you can randomly buy something for someone's school district. And then. I got so obsessed with donors choose at one point that I turned that into something on my social media um, called Featured Teacher Friday, where I would post uh, teachers' Amazon wish list, and then all my followers, who are wonderful and supportive people, would just send way too many Amazon boxes to that teacher to get, you know give them give them what they need. A lot of people are trying really hard, and they just need um, other people to notice and, and help out and support. And I've heard you say that you're an idealist, but I yeah. think one of my favorites, an interview I watched ages ago off camera, and it was Dax, and he was talking about you saying that someone's on the street, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm going to mess this up, but essentially see someone on the street begging and they'll think, I'm not going to give them, he'll think, I'm not going to give them money because they'll spend it on drugs. You'll mm-hmm. think, if we get him back on his feet, he could cure cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think he says it a little differently. He says, when we, anyone we pass on the street, his first thought is, this guy could be going for my wallet. And my first thought is that could be the one that could be the one that cures cancer. You never know. Um, yes, we are polar opposites, but we realize that the truth lies somewhere in between us. I have, um, really tried hard to become more of a, um, a practical and realist idealist. Um, but I kind of don't ever want to lose that I don't know, vibe I have to just shoot for the stars and believe in people. I think the benefit of the doubt goes a long way with people and believing them. And sure, are sometimes are you going to get scammed? Absolutely. But I guess I'm in a position of such privilege that I can go, yeah, if a couple of the GoFundMes I donated to were scams, I'm not, I can still pay my rent. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm the person that should be (laughs) 
the one that's okay getting scammed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also, we've talked on this podcast, we talk a lot about mental health. So I hope it's okay to go here because you said something. And when I heard it, I thought I could have said those words. And it's about shattering when you realize someone doesn't like you. Oh, well, yeah, it's rough. So I've got I've tried to get better, though. And and because my husband does not care what another human being thinks about him, you know, he can't with his he is um, sober and you just can't put that much stock into what everyone else thinks of you. You'll lose your way. You'll lose your footing. So he has taught me that the only person you can compare yourself to is the person you were yesterday. And the only person you should care about what they think of you is the person in the mirror. So do you feel good about your choices? Do you feel good about how you acted? Do you feel good about those things is, is really what I try to always come back to because I can get engulfed with wondering if people like me, if I did it right, if I was this enough. Um, but it's, it's just, it's a constant set of reminders that that is a, an impulsive and pointless train of thought. Yes. But it's so easy when you hear people and believe me, I've watched and I've wanted to see people like RuPaul say, what people think of you, what other people think of you is none of your business. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't get there. It's so hard. Right. But I think with practice, we can all get there and that's our journey, right? That's our journey to look in the mirror a little bit more. And sometimes that's hard, but to get there, you have to apply yourself. You have to say, maybe I need to be mindful this morning enough to slow down so that my anxiety slows down. And I need to look in the mirror and say, how do you feel about your conduct? You know, it doesn't have to be that heavy, but just reminding yourself to check in with yourself in any way you can, whether that's a sticky note on your nightstand, whatever practically works for you or setting up a portion of your day that's just for you to be alone, to remember what that feels like to operate in a space where only you are your judge and jury. Um, and, and for me, that's looked like when I was uh, so busy, I, I couldn't, you know, get a handle on anything and I was trying to be super efficient, but I was just go, go, go. And I had my hands in all these projects. I would start putting into my calendar solo time but I'd schedule it and it was never scheduled. It was whatever I wanted to do at that moment, but it was spontaneous solo time just for me. And it was like two or three times a week for an hour. And if I wanted to work out, I did. If I wanted to take a nap, I did. If I wanted to cry, I did. If I wanted to paint my nails, I did. It was just remembering that I'm allowed Mm. to be. And you, you talk so much about vulnerability and how much you admire it in other people Mm -hmm. and how it is the place where, it sounds from listening to interviews with you as well that uh, the vulnerability is where actually a lot of the strength comes from, which seems kind of oxymoronic. I think so, but I think that's what people have this massive hesitancy to realize. It's too scary to realize that the more vulnerable you are, the more people are drawn to you and the stronger you seem. Mm. And again, it's all practice. Yeah. And if anyone is listening to this and they're thinking things just really get on top of me. Yeah. You had some great advice from... Oh, God, what did I say? From Cher. Oh, God. Best advice ever. If it doesn't matter in five years, it doesn't matter. (laughs) What? Take that in. That's real. 
Now, I mean, I can't get on board sometimes with the, what other people think of you is none of your business because I can't release it. But when I, when I heard that, I thought that really does. If you, ha- if you have the presence of mind to take that moment, to take that beat, as Jackie Collins would say, if you have that moment, you can sever the, so the nerve of that mm-hmm. pain of whatever that thing is causing you. It's weird because like the way that Brene Brown talks about language, I've been digesting a lot lately and it's a different phrase for everyone. I like all the phrases. I like, you'd think you'd have a little more respect for a podcast. Podcast happening. Honest to God. (laughs) It's a different phrase for everyone. I like the only person you need to compare yourself to is the person you were yesterday. Uh, Self-esteem only comes from esteemable acts. If it doesn't matter in five years, it doesn't matter. Here's a great one I heard in an Al-Anon meeting one time. You are not responsible for your first thought. You are responsible for your first action and your second thought. What? Talk about doing your work. Chills. Right? Because that, the, the sense of accountability that that provides me of going, oh yeah, if I wake up and I'm in this mood, I'm not responsible for that thought. But I am responsible for my first action and I am responsible for my second thought. And that's one thing that's really important in our family with the way that we, like, we don't really have any, like, unbendable rules in our family. Um, Sometimes they go to bed a little later. We strive for a great bedtime, but sometimes we don't. But the one kind of unbendable rule is you have to be accountable. You have to realize how you contributed to a situation, and you have to take responsibility for it. Your side of the street can only be cleaned by you. So true. Now, I'm on my last question. And it's indulgent. I love it. Tell me. You are the only person that I have ever met who can answer this question. Source eight, da bomb on hot ones. Is it really that bad? Yes. Yes. And what's strange is seven and eight are way worse than nine and ten. I get that vibe. I get that vibe. It's like once you get past eight. I don't know how that is. But seven and eight are way, way worse than nine and ten. My husband and I think we've killed all our taste buds because we. There's actually a really funny. Someone put it on YouTube, and I was very grateful they did. We did a like an Instagram live for. He's a, a prostate cancer fund um, ambassador, and we ate this like spicy piece of chocolate with a proprietary pepper in it, and we were like, "This is going to be a cinch." We were so arrogant about it because we eat hot sauce like you like it's going out of style we're like for the prostate cancer foundation we'll eat this you know buy one eat it prostate cancer awareness it was like the ice bucket challenge yeah we ate it and sincerely he puked off camera we were out of our minds and it was an instagram live and so i was like oh damn we can't like save that video that was so funny we were both hacking and then by the end of the video we actually had to say because we had to be authentic don't do this. Do not do this challenge. It's going to make you sick. It's awful. And then someone uploaded it to YouTube. I was grateful. But yes, I love hot sauce and seven and eight Same. are crazy. I, I need to get the lineup. It's just the import duties are quite a lot. I need to get the whole lineup and have me some vegan oh, and do it. Oh, you will love it. It's a, actually a really fun experience to like do at home. It looks, it looks amazing. Um, this is the end of my time with you. It's been a joy. Thank you so much for telling us all about Hello Bello and also for veering off onto other topics on which you were just wonderful. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, 
then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. You have to answer a couple of questions, but we cannot wait to see you there. Come over and join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.